Make a move it, then she'll call him. Forest fires, Google's ballin'. Take a chance and roll the dice one day. If you're a DM player, find you. Millennials can join this quest too. Expedition, we're gonna find a way. So no, I'm not back. Well, I'm I'm back, but I'm not back. This is not the start of season three. Um, this is. I wish you could label them seasons two and a half. Um, they would actually recognise the decimal, but uh, it doesn't. So this will either show up as a season two episode or a very premature season three episode. Because I'm not back, and I'm not coming back for a while. Um, not for any reason other than I'm just done. Not done, I'm kind of drained. Doing RPG a day was amazing, but it kind of sucked every idea, I think, out of my head. But I wanted to do a couple of things. I wanted to make an episode today because it seems like we've woken up and we're in Carcosa. So the fires have been burning for a long time now, but something changed yesterday. Um, The sky went a bit weird and the sun was obscured and had gone pale orange yellow and you could even you could just look at it because there was so much stuff in the air and anyway woke up this morning to the um, now familiar feeling of being jumped on by a four-year-old thank you amelia she gets into these patterns so this is going to go on for at least a month i would imagine if not longer anyway it was pitch dark, and it's like, oh, for God's sake. Then I looked at the clock. It was actually quarter to seven. And then I looked outside, and the sky was completely orange, like dark orange. And I'm driving now, and it's nearly midday, and it's still sort of dark, and the sky is still orange, and there was ash all over my car when I got into it. It is weird. It really is Carcosa, or Venus, or something, or Titan, or Mars. We are living on a red planet right now, and I think, I think the whole of the Western seaboard has got these fires. But of course, it's nothing to do with global warming. It's just, you know, whatever, act of God, or... Yeah. Anyway, that was one reason, because it's worth remarking on, uh, on this bizarre meteorological i think what's happened is there's some something to do with the front the 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 air pressure and the fog particles because it's kind of been a bit foggy as well and then maybe the tight the fineness of the dust or the ash whatever it is it has just created this incredibly weird it's possibly this is what smog used to look like back in uh, you know a good old pea super except it's high it's high up in the air it's not it's it's been kept it's been kept up in the you know maybe several hundred feet up in the air so you can see pretty clearly in front of you but yeah there's no sun the sun is has been instagram filtered (laughs) so worth recording this i think it's i think it's the 10th of september Hmm. 11th of september tomorrow Maybe it's the 11th today. I don't know. I've lost track of the dates. 
But the other reason is I got so many phone calls, so many phone messages, voice messages, um, during RPG a day, and I really wanted to play a few now, and I may or may not um, re- respond to them um, in this episode, but I just wanted to play some of the interesting, varied, cool, and weird messages that I received during that that crazy month that seems so long ago now. I can't even remember what it was like. I'm really glad you had your first kiss, dude. I love that it felt all right and that you might be willing to do it again. That's awesome. That's why we experiment, to learn about ourselves. (laughs) Nah, dude. Good job, man. And, you know, you were talking about how you hope it doesn't get too explicit or anything, and it won't. Like, I run a pretty fast and loose game that has a lot of sexual energy running through it a lot of times. And it never gets overly graphic. Um, Yeah, like, it gets up to that point, and then that's, that's the end of it. And for us my group that point is pretty far along (laughs) but it's not we're not describing the super nitty-gritty or anything man so you know it's just another facet to add to the game anyway peace out yo dude i love how on the episode about shade you throw shade by saying that the osr is for kids damn dude that's farther than i've ever gone And then I want to touch a little bit on about mysteries. You're talking about how D&D and fantasy games aren't, you know, they don't have those interpersonal things to uncover motives. But I would push back a little bit on that. You know, Call of Cthulhu has the psychology skill. D&D has the sense motive skill. Call of Cthulhu has the interpersonal skills, fast talk, all that stuff. D&D has bluff, diplomacy, intimidate. So, yeah, I think it really does come down to the structure of the game. I mean, I don't think D&D is inherently resistant to mysteries. There are games that are specifically designed to run mysteries, like Gumshoe, but that's different. Anyway, peace out. Hey, Andy. Jason here. Thank you so much for sharing that conversation with Safer. I've been lucky enough to have some conversations with Safer myself, and... He's a really smart guy. I I think he downplays himself a little bit, but definitely recommend his podcast to anybody. And, yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation back and forth between you two. There's a lot to learn there. So thank you for sharing that. Andy, one thing I do want to point out with this conversation with Safer, he said you're almost a master class RPGer, almost a master class GM and I or you know most running a masterclass game and I think if you want to hit that masterclass level all you need to do is take a good RPG clinic like the free one right now offered by Nate Gilbreth over on I'm Right You're Wrong podcast I'm confident if you go over there and listen to what Nate has to say you can break through that barrier and become a masterclass RPG or and run a masterclass game for your players so I would highly encourage you to go check out the free RPG clinic over it. I'm right, you're wrong. Nate knows what he's talking about. He's right. Hey, Andy, Jason again. Can you at least let Mr. Gilbreth know that I called you? It was, it was kind of part of a homework assignment. And, you know, I was hoping you, you would play it on the air, but I know my messages. You, you know, I'm not an expert RPGer yet. 
um, I'm hoping to get to be one by taking that clinic. But you know, I'm I'm just a an, an amateur at the moment. So, but it, but if you could let Mr. Gilbreth know that I that, that I called you, you know, maybe my message wasn't good enough to be on the air, and 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 maybe he can give me some extra assignments to to get better, so my calls can be good enough. But if he knew I called, then then that would help me. But if not, I understand because you you know you're almost there. Like like I say, I I know what you're saying about the money thing, but I'm telling you, it can help you get to that master class level. You can be an expert RPGer. You know, you might have to stop doing 5e and go back to playing double deuce. And you know, but Call of Cthulhu is an approved game. So you're on the right track because you're already playing Call of Cthulhu, and that's a you you know that's one of the real RPGs. So you're doing good there. So keep up the great work. That thank you, sir. Mr. Goodman, I, I appreciate your letting me call your show. Hello there, Andy. It's just safer. I'm just listening to your um, episode light. So uh, I just want to say thank you for making me famous. Uh, um, yeah, I just seem to think it held together quite well, the way it worked out. I wasn't, wasn't quite sure that sort of interaction would work out that well for an episode, but it sounded okay to me. <laughs> Perhaps I'm biased because I was in it, but... Um, You'll have to let me know if what people say about it, if people think it was worthwhile, the episode, or if they just thought I was talking a complete crock. But uh, take care, Andy. Um, all the best to you. Flippity gibbet. What are you doing reducing my entire field of interest, the field of philosophy, thousands of years of human thought and exploration and wisdom to flippity gibbet? As you can probably tell, I started to plan my way through the RPG a day stuff. Um, this isn't a change. I just want to say thanks for sharing that stuff about the end of Cole and the starting of uh, Sid's new character. And um, yeah, you know, change is a thing, isn't it? It's, uh, as you said, always happening. And um, I think role-playing games are really good for helping us to grasp change, grapple with change, prepare for change, imagine change put ourselves in the place of change um, and then come out of it and be greater for it, I guess, stronger for it, prepared in spite of it. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for the episode. Game on. Hi, Andy. Spencer here. I hope you're doing well. I've really been enjoying your contributions to RPG a day month. And um, I just wanted to congratulate you on reaching your century well done um you're right i can't believe it either um but there was something you said that was troubling me a little now it wasn't your explanation of the word ton i i don't understand that either but um something you said about cricket being thrilling i find that very difficult to believe Hey Andy, Jay, just wanted to uh, thank you for the vision episode for RPG A Day. And it just, it triggered something for me. Caught me in an echoey corridor. Um, yesterday I was reading the Alexandrian's four-part essay on, called The Art of the Key, uh, which is well worth reading. It's about how to key dungeons, or how to key, key adventures generally, I suppose. Uh, specifically, the examples are about dungeons. 
There's a really interesting thing that I noticed there where he sort of suggests that you want to pass the information in the way in the order that the players are going to discover it starting with like a basic description of the thing like what can you see on a first glance and then having quick notes for the GM on the things that are in that quick glance that if players choose to investigate further this is what they will discover and of course within that there may be things that are actually deliberately hidden at which point you might detailed the skill roles that are required to discover those things. Now of course what was interesting to me is that there is an implied methodology there um, which is about how you deal with like perception and I think it sort of has three steps it has the assumption that your senses will give you a quick glance kind of quick appraisy and summary of a situation that if you direct your attention to one specific thing then you will find more information more detail without much effort just directing the attention and then that there is a chance for your uh, perceptive skills, your intuition, if you like, to kick in and reveal hidden things. And obviously that's based upon how perceptive, uh, intuitive perhaps a character is. And I just think that's a really nice model for me. It kind of allows for some player skill to direct the attention of their characters, but also that little bit of gamey luck. Anyway, don't know what you think about that, but just thought I'd share it. Game on. Hey Andy, this is Rob from... Uh... Minion, that is from um, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. Just wanted to say thank you. I've uh, bought pretty much all the basic stuff I need for uh, Call of Cthulhu, and it just looks fantastic. And uh, a lot of that is down to you and the way you've been playing with that game and uh, so on. I'm kind of calling in now just to call about talk about the um, fantasy problem, which is I think as we get older and we have families and stuff, and we we get into work we feel that perhaps fantasy is um sort of out there and it's it's uh escape ultimate escapism and and uh, perhaps it's not really hooked into the reality around us or perhaps it's just too far out and uh, i i really felt that a lot and it was only until a few years ago that i started to sort of reconnect with that and uh i'm not gl- sorry got cut off there so yeah i'm not i'm not sorry that I- I've come back into it actually because I think that you know there's different strokes for different folks and also you know you go through different periods in your life where things have a greater or lesser meaning and you need to focus on different uh things <laughs> sorry simplicity um but but uh yeah coming back into the game I, I see a lot more depth in fantasy than I ever expected so um I wouldn't sort of like uh, get rid of it altogether, but I think, I think all these different genres are ways of, of tapping into, um, themes, um, things within the human condition, um, and they have strengths and weaknesses, and fantasy is loose enough, you know, especially if it's anachronistic, that you can get away with a lot, get away with a lot. Anyway, just a few thoughts. Cheers, man. So there was one, just one more thing I wanted to say, but I was interrupted for about an hour and a half uh, as a part of a conversation with a friend. But so I may have lost my track. But um, basically, uh, we were having a, a similar conversation about the the use of perception, perception, and um, what can you see, what can you have to see in uh, fantasy campaigns. And you've been covering that, and Jason's been talking about that, and I think there's like a there's a a whole conversation going on between a, a bunch of us at the moment. 
but uh, yeah, I, I've been talking about that in some of the podcasts recently, and um, I don't think you want to give too much information away, and you don't want to give too much away through uh, just a simple die roll. Um, you want a narrative. You want a bit of, I don't know, um, a bit of to and fro between the the GM and the players when you do that. But uh, I don't know if that helps anymore. There you go. Hey Andy, it's Rob, also known as Many on here. I just sent a message off accidentally to Free Throw instead of you. Uh, I don't know, it's hot. Anyway, yeah, um, I think I was going to say that if you're running D&D properly, then the dungeons and the wilderness are the dreamlands. With that aside, um, I think uh, when you come to 5e, you're being a bit unfair. Even when you're saying it's not a kid's game, you're really strongly implying that it is um and uh, that's that's understandable we will have our um likes and dislikes and stuff and i personally don't really get on with 5e uh, because i think it's got way too much stuff in there um i want to strip it back i'd rather have simple rules that are easy to run so that i can house rule it or um make rulings on the fly and it occurs to me that the, the push mechanic that you describe could quite easily be adopted for a D&D style game. Um, take, for example, I don't know, uh, BX D&D. Your thief uh, rolls pickpockets, he's nearly always going to fail it, you know. But what you could do is you could have that as a failure and reminding the thief that he's just not good enough. And if he wants to push it and then fails, then you have some kind of... Uh, some some kind of negative um, result from that and you could use that for the thief skills you could use it for ability score skills or whatever um i don't know if you want to use that in attack um because you'd have to have quite a bad uh, fallout from a failed pushed attack but anyway you can always bend these things dnd's uh, great in its simplicity i think cheers man fuck's sake andy Will you stop putting out such great episodes? No, I'm not calling up to correct you. Um, I thought I had a call for a single with white lines, but um, the robots, no one can compete with that. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, As for breaking, I did a bit of popping and locking. That was about as much as I could manage. And um, I wondered how long it was going to be before you got onto the subject of edging. Really, Andy. I mean, no wonder you're going the wrong way up one-way streets. If you've got your phone in one hand and God knows what else that you're doing with the other. I mean, it's snowy driving the car. Mysterious fog, Andy. Smell of burning in the distance. Not saying anything, but have you ever played Silent Hill, right? I mean, just putting that thought in your head there. Know that it sounds a bit creepy. Sort of similarities there. Anyway, maybe get a rock walkie-talkie out sometime. If it starts crackling mysteriously, be afraid. On a more serious note, I was very upset to hear you putting Snowy down. That seems a bit extreme. I mean, just because you're a lazy bugger and can't be arsed climbing up a hill. I mean, come on, she's a dog at the end of the day. You could just make them walk. Well, I'm going to put you down now, Snowy. Sorry, Snowy, put you down. Just felt a bit harsh to me, to be honest. Anyway... Might report you to whatever version of the RSPCA there is in America. I'll set Peter on you. Maybe that's a better idea. Speak to you later, if you're not arrested before then. 
So far too many call-ins there to, to respond to because otherwise this episode would be ridiculously long and and you know what I'm feeling lazy you know when you're actually in the middle of an apocalypse as we seem to be um it's, am- it's amazing how little you feel like doing but anyway I the, the only thing I really want to do is thank Joe Jason Safer Che Spencer Rob Menion um and Barry for a bunch of miscellaneous and strange and wonderful and great call-ins. And I'm glad you enjoyed RPG a day. There's a whole load more I could have put in, but um, from other people, but maybe I'll do another call-in episode at some point, but um, I just wanted really to uh, thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for their comments. Thank everyone for um, the kind words as well, as well as some harsh ones, you know, it's all right. Um, You know, uh, snowy is fine. And I said putting down Snowy. I meant literally putting her on the ground, okay? Just so everyone knows. Snowy is fine. She's not enjoying the dark orange colour of the sky. But then she doesn't enjoy much, really, apart from licking. Uh, uh, licking. <laughs> licking. <laughs> doesn't even like eating. I mean, she's not really a dog, as I've said many times before. But she'll be back along with me for season three at some point. And um, I have stealthily launched Grizzly Peaks radio during this time. I'm not going to publicize it anywhere. Somehow there's already a few people listening to it. I have no idea how they found it. But um, um, once once it's properly distributed and I put up all the um, archive episodes and start putting up some new ones, then I'll publish it. But um, um, that decision got stuck. So um, there'll be no more actual plays on this um, on this stream on this channel, let's call it. Um, you know, my content strategy <laughs> is is now clear. If you want to hear actual plays, uh, you will have to head to Grizzly Peaks Radio, which won't be too much of a burden, will it? Let's see. I've probably just killed half my audience, but ah oh well. Them's the breaks. See you soon. It's a game we're role-playing. I'm a stranger and you're making me. Stay.